Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. What's up, everybody? My name is Scotty Hines. I'm one of the pastors here at the Generations Church, and alongside of me is PJ, Pastor Jay Ludd, a.k.a. Jeff Luddington, the lead pastor at Generations Church. Jeff, how are you, my friend? All right, it's official. That last cup of coffee was too many. It was? You're right. You're right, man. We should have backed up. All right. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm well. I'm doing well. I am enjoying this. I really like the section we're headed into. Yeah. Very practical. Yeah. If you're just picking up, if this is, uh, maybe you saw this online, you're clicking on it, and you haven't listened before. We're in a series uh, that is 52 weeks long, so it'll, it'll cover 52 episodes plus an introduction we did in the beginning. Uh, and it's, it's through the Heidelberg Catechism, a 450-year-old way of training young Christians. And uh, young can be age, young can be brand new to the faith. Either way, uh, a catechism is a way of learning by memorizing questions and answers. You memorize truth, and that's the idea that mm-hmm. when you need truth, when you need something, it's, it's right there for you. You're ready for it. And so we're... Uh, again, out of 52 episodes, we're on episode 25. So next week, man, we are almost dead center right here. So, yeah. you know, uh, we're getting there. And uh, with that in mind, we've, in our past and past episodes, if you go back and listen, our first section really is on the guilt of the Christian, the, the person, the guilt of the human being, the need for a savior, if you will. And so our guilt, grace, and gratitude series uh, begins in guilt, moves to grace, what has Jesus done for us because we need him? Our guilt, we need him. What has Jesus done? We will then, in a few weeks, move on to gratitude. Now, how do we live in response to that? But well, we're right here in the meat of the gospel, the thick of the gospel. And so today we have uh, four questions, Ooh. and uh, we are going to look at them one at a time this week. They're very important. Uh, as we were talking about this, Pastor Scott said something pretty interesting. Uh, really, as we open up the two sacraments today, it's kind of an intro for the next several weeks. Yeah. And that's a good way to look at it. So today, we'll introduce the next several episodes where we will dig in deeper to first baptism, then communion. Awesome, man. I'm glad I could be some assistance. Okay. <laughs> so glad you could say that sentence for us. That's right, baby. I would have my head on straight. All I appreciate right. it. Question 65, man. It's all you. All right. Since then... Faith alone makes us share in Christ and all his blessings. Where does that faith come from? The Holy Spirit creates in our hearts by by the preaching of the Holy Gospel and confirms it by the use of the Holy Sacraments. So if you're jumping in, you go to a non-denominational church or a relaxed, casual church, if you will, which I, I would I would say even though we are confessional, we are uh, heavily theologic, uh, theologically biased, and just you know, we have a grounding in this, a mooring in this, if you will. We're still fairly casual. I mean, you can be, you can show up in shorts and flip flops and and be normal here. So, yeah. with that, you may not hear words like the holy sacraments or the holy gospel. Like the additional use of holy there, kind of gives it, and I think rightly gives it a place. Right? It's in just any gospel. This is the holy gospel. Yeah. It's right? a separated gospel, right? Separated, the only, the set apart, mm-hmm. yes. Right? So, if faith alone makes us share in Christ and all his blessings, where does that faith come from? Right? Where where do we get that faith? And again, the reason this question, I think, was written this way 
was because people can almost take faith as something they created, oh, something yeah. they do. Yeah. So uh, last week we talked about, we used kind of a nerd term, the economic trinity, what, what God, all three persons, one God, three persons, how does God work in salvation? We talked about God the Father ordains. Jesus the Son accomplishes, that's the gospel, right? And then the Holy Spirit applies. Okay, so we're asking that question right now. How does this get applied to us, mm. right? If faith alone makes us share in Christ and all his blessings, where does that faith come yeah. from? And your answer was the Holy Spirit creates it in our hearts by the preaching of the Holy Gospel and confirms it by the use of the Holy Sacraments. Yeah, yeah. So we have this place, this question, okay, We've agreed we have a massive debt of sin. Okay, we believe we are dead in our sins, spiritually dead. And we believe we can't contribute to our own salvation. Okay, check. Yep. All right, got it. Got it. Then, what does God do? Okay, by grace, you are saved through faith, not by works, right? But saved to do good things. Okay, good. So then, by grace, gift of God, no merit of our own, through faith. Okay, and then we discuss, okay, faith really isn't something we do, it's something given to us. Yeah. We respond in faith. Okay, great. This question's the the logical next question. Well, then where does that faith come from? Yeah, it's a great question to ask. Right? Some, I feel like it's something Brooklyn would ask me, my daughter. Yeah. Gotta have faith. Well, where does that come from, Daddy? I need yeah. to find this. <laughs> you ever met that little kid, you know, like, you know, why is the sky blue? Well, because of this. Well, why? 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 You know what I mean? But uh, that that's a rational question. It is. This is... With great importance, too, though. I mean, it's very simple yeah. and rational, but it has significant value if we believe that we're supposed to love the lord our god with all our heart soul mind and strength all all minds in there like yeah. we should ask questions mm -hmm. the bible isn't or the gospel isn't or more importantly god isn't beyond our questions not at all we're not going to get satisfying complete whole answers to every question mm -hmm. right we've used this example a lot you know we lost a good friend not too long ago why did God take so-and-so at this age? Like, we're not going to get super satisfying answers yeah. for emotional questions. But for theology, for the what we believe, you should be able to ask questions of Scripture and push and pull. Yeah, and, right? and it should take place, a little slight subject shift, but I think it's important. Questions should be a part of your faith, your entire faith. You know why? You're a pretty educated pastor, wouldn't you say, Pastor Jeff? I don't mean this in any, any... I'll let you say that. That way it doesn't Very educated. Like Pastor Jeff's a very educated man. He's very sharp in his theology. Um, Thank you. But I would say this. Today, he shared with me something he has learned new on a basic passage. Super and it's the basic. beauty of the scripture. It's a basic passage, one that we kind of just clock in Bible college. Like, got the answer, check, leave it alone. Right. And here we are. How many years later? 20 years later, brother? Yeah, a bunch. And it just comes to life. And yeah. it's 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 all truth. Yeah. It makes so much sense, yeah. sense. But as a preacher and a pastor and as a... More, more importantly, a disciple of Christ, you've been asking questions, yeah. loving God with your mind, and still having beautiful rewards. You know, that was it, man. We were sitting around with some guys early this morning, 5 a.m., I meet with these guys, and we're reading a passage, and as I was reading it, we, we go around, we read the passage out loud twice, then we read it to ourselves, we ask some questions, we just look at it. And um, I remember reading it, like, how does that line fit in? Yeah. And what that line does reshape the whole meaning of things. I'm like, wow, how come I've always kind of assumed this and then looked at this? Yeah. And that is, and I, I will agree with you this far, man, that is from an education perspective. I've spent a lot of time on biblical education. Very right? true, yeah. And yet some simple things, I just looked at it, and we should always be asking new questions of our faith. Oh, yeah. And, good stuff. And even though that's a deeper question, that's a beautiful, where does my faith come from? Because right. we got to have that answer. Yep. So the answer does give us, so it, 
where does this faith come from? That's where what the, the catechism is asking us. Question 65, where does this faith come from? The Holy Spirit creates it in our hearts by the preaching of the Holy Gospel and confirms it by the use of the Holy Sacraments, mm. right? Romans 10, I, I love this passage. I wrote on Romans, the book I published man, is on a, a lot of passages in Romans. How, and I love this one. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him and whom they've ever heard, never heard, excuse me. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Mm, That's really cool. This is Paul just saying, listen, man, how are people going to believe in things they don't believe in? How are they going to hear about those things unless someone preaches or tells them, right? So here's the idea. And this is, I think, important for today's conversation, that the gospel is to be proclaimed, Right. There is a famous quote that is attributed to St. Francis. We're not really sure that's true, uh, but he's if, if it was him, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Ah. Now, that's not supposed to take, you know, substitute using words. Yeah, no. He's just saying that your life match. Yeah. Right. Let, let the way you live match what you proclaim. Yeah. Right. Not don't proclaim. Yeah. But it has misled people into saying, listen, I'm just going to live a life that will glorify God around people and hopefully they'll get it. Yeah, no. Right? So today, if we want to look at this, there is, uh, if, you're, if you're kind of uh, into theology or Bible, there's a difference between general revelation of God and special revelation, yeah. right? The general revelation of God is this. You can't look outside, as we're looking outside my window right now, and I know we're suffering for Jesus in Southern California, so cold for us means 72. I'm in a flannel. There's trees outside, and and really, if we're honest, it takes more faith to be an atheist and believe in evolution and think that all this stuff happened by random chance and, you know, natural selection and just things, you know, came out of nothing and into something, and that takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of stretches, right? Yeah, I mean... But it's easy to look outside the window and go, there's a creator. Yeah, absolutely. Easy. Right? Like, we're both wearing watches. Somebody made those watches, right? We're talking into a microphone. Somebody made that mic. So when I look outside and I see that tree, i like, somebody made the tree. Yeah. Well, that somebody is God, right? Absolutely. And so there is general revelation. You can look around and the sun rises and sets. I get that the earth goes around the sun, but you get the idea, right? All of this is so much bigger. There must be a creator. There is creation. There must be a creator. Yeah. That's general revelation. Special revelation goes against the sin nature in our hearts. It says you are a sinner and you're in need of a, a savior. Well, no, I'm a pretty good person. Well, no, 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 you're not. Yeah. Okay. I am not. I am sinful. I'm in need of a savior. But it requires special revelation to tell us who that savior is. Yeah. This question framed another way is, how do you get that special revelation of God to know him? Mm. Right? Yeah. Not just believe he exists, but to know him. Right? Yeah. Like I know people exist on the other side of the equator and, you know, Sudan and, you know, Brazil, but I don't know them. No. I believe they exist. Yeah. General. Yep. I don't know them. Especially. Yeah. How do we get that? And the answer is by the preaching of the gospel, the holy gospel, Mm -hmm. and by the use, confirms it by the use of the sacraments. So let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Question 66. What are the sacraments? They are visible, holy signs and seals instituted by God so that by their use, God may make us understand more clearly the promise of the gospel and put the divine seal on that promise, namely to grant us the forgiveness of sins and eternal life by grace alone because of the one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is beautiful. I mean, I read that so well. 
Yeah, I remember last week, man. Oh, man. That was we asked a bad a question. Joke. I had this big long question. That was terrible. I know. Big long question. You had this little short answer. Yeah. Today I get to pay you back. <laughs> what are the sacraments? I get four words, and you have to memorize like fifty. So, exactly. All right. So they are visible holy signs and seals. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to say this. So what are the sacraments? This is our introduction to the sacraments. I'll tip you off. Sacraments are baptism and communion. If you're listening, like, what are we talking about? We're talking about baptism and communion. Now in the Protestant Christian church, and especially in reform circles, our, our theological, the, the name we, you know, the term, the tribe we're a part of is the, is the, is the, Reformate, the, the Reformed <laughs> tribe, but I can't even talk, right? We're in that circle. We believe that the Bible says certain things, and, and really in that Reformed circle, that's a, a lens by which to see Scripture, if you will, yeah. that in that, that we only have two sacraments. Now, what I mean by defining it that way is folks that go to a Roman Catholic church believe in seven sacraments, right? As we unpack the sacraments here in the next several episodes, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about differences between us and somebody else and what we believe. And so when I say Protestant, evangelical, mainline Christians, that means Christians that don't call themselves Orthodox or Catholic, yeah. right? Roman Catholic, have two sacraments, Yep. right? And these sacraments are what we would call now visible signs and seals, Mm. right? They are visible. You get to see them. Baptism is visual, right? Communion is visible. But they're also seals. There's something spiritual. So human is visible. Spiritual is that sign, that seal. Excuse me. Absolutely. Right? If I, you know, if I buy something and it says, uh, you know, made in the USA, okay, or H-O-M Mexico, right? So if I get that, right? One is made where, one is made there, right? And, and the the stamp, the seal, proves it. Yep. Okay, so it's as simple as that. Yeah. With lots of spiritual dynamic, right? A ton of spiritual dynamics. in Mexico, made in the USA, <laughs> whatever, right? So yeah. here we are. These are visual things that have spiritual implications. Signs and seals, signs and seals. That's language we use a lot, right? Can I give an example? Please. Okay, so uh, what I, communion for me. You so don't ba- like my Spanish, <laughs> my Mexican example. Was not good for you? Okay. <laughs> so um, when we think of, of communion, so this is where I go. Baptism is kind of a one-time event, right? I mean, it happens. It's my first step of obedience. But I, I remember the moment when I came to faith, right? And so <clears throat> um, we call it a means of grace, mm-hmm. right? And here in, in yep. the Reformed faith, uh, at least here at Generations. And man, when I get to take communion on a Sunday... It's as like I could smell the car, like I was sitting there when I came to faith. Like I go back mm. to that moment of faith. I go back to that moment of salvation, and I'm just grateful. That's good. And it's always refreshing to my soul. And there's a lot of times, man, where it's doesn't feel good, but I try to pray and get there. And so I'm always appreciative of the sacraments. I'm very thankful that we have them weekly because I try to take them serious because it gets me to that place or where we're going in the catechism of gratefulness. And That's so, good. Yeah, man, I, I like this. One way that helps me. So we will actually unpack that. Ah, love it. A means of grace. We'll talk about what it means, how God strengthens us through baptism, how God strengthens us through communion. We'll do that. Today, we're doing that introduction piece. You're not ahead of it or you're good. I'm, I'm just saying today, man, I want to not go deeper. I want to back out a little gotcha. more. And, I, you know, when we see communion, the symbols are not random. The symbols mean something. Very when we see baptism, right, we practice, even though we're Reformed, a lot of Reformed folks don't do this, but we're... Reform, but we also do what we call immersion. We we baptize people in their full bodies go yeah. underwater, right? That's what immersion means. Now, I don't believe that if you sprinkle or you pour, I, I, it's not the use of water, how you use water, 
but that we choose to do this because of the meaning, right? Yeah. There's a visual when someone goes under the water and then comes out of the water, we're identifying with the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, right? Amen. Others that pour, they're, they're cleansing of sin. And, and so there's, there's lots of that. We'll talk about that. Good, good. But in each of these things, what we get for sure is an image that teaches us more. Absolutely. Right? So we get to see in the broken bread, we see Christ's broken body in the cup. Oh. We get to see Christ poured blood. So yeah. we have a visual, right? It's like some people are very visual learners, right? Yeah. Some people love dramas and plays, and I'm not super creative. I don't think in terms like that. I'm more linear. I'm more, I learn by reading, not necessarily by drawing or something, right? But this is, you know, this is a way that we can look and we can learn and we can see. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It, cool, it, I hope definitely. so. <laughs> so Romans 4, we talked about that last week, and we talked about the that Abraham was righteous because of his faith, Right. But it talks about him being receiving a sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that we have by faith while he was still uncircumcised, right? So I'm not going to dive into circumcision today, but if, for those of you that are familiar, what it's saying, Abraham was righteous and was given a sign because of what God had done in him, exactly. right? Circumcision was a sign. We'll talk, believe it or not, if you're listening along, you have no paradigm for this, we will talk about circumcision when we get to baptism. Yep. Believe it or not, those two match, right? But there's this idea that something takes place first, and then there's a visual reminder, a sign, a seal. I love that. Right? Yes. And so in that, mm. we get that. It's like my wedding ring. For those of you that, uh, since we're podcast, you can't see it, but you know what a wedding ring looks like, right? My wedding ring, take it on, take it off. I'm still married, right? But these signs and seals, the my wedding ring is a sign. It's a seal of what God has done, yeah. right? Put that ring on. Every, I take my ring off at night. Some do, some don't. But I put my ring on every morning reminding myself of the vows I made to my bride, That's right? Cool. And so I'm going to go, we've got two more questions and a little bit of time. So we're going to go question 67. Are both the word and the sacraments intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground for our salvation? Right. In the gospel, the Holy Scripture, the Holy Spirit teaches us and through the Holy Sacraments assures us that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. So I think that answer is funny, right? So like, are both the word and the sacraments intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, the only ground for our salvation? The answer should be yes, but it's like, right. Yeah. Well, so we're in, in Southern yes. California. I don't know where you're listening, but man, in my neighborhood, that's orale. You know, like, it is just totally, hey man, right on. Like, yeah. that's exactly right. I love yeah. that the, the author of the catechism was so excited right there. It's yeah. like, right, with yes. an exclamation point. Uh, okay, cool. Feed me. <laughs> right? So you got to understand, we, we, you know, we live in Southern California. There's a whole different dialect here, yeah. right? Question 68, how many sacrifices... Oh, okay, let's start over, dude. It's all good, man. We're not going to edit. We're just going to admit I can't talk. That's all right. Question 68, how many sacraments did Christ institute in the New Testament? Two, baptism and the Lord's Supper. That's another one where you get a shorter hey, answer. Man, things are just turning my way. Oh, Man, this is so unfair. Next thing you know, they're going to comment and have some great relative who has a gazillion dollars for me. And that might be good. Yeah, All right. Hopefully. So we'll talk about prosperity doctrine some of the day. And uh, <laughs> so are both the word and sacraments, so the gospel proclaimed and the sacraments participated in, right? Yeah. Rightly administered, intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, right? And our only salvation. The answer is absolutely. Absolutely. So the preaching of the word on Sundays, I'll say this to all you Christians, Christians, if you go to a church and the gospel is not shared on Sundays, and I don't mean an invitation to follow Jesus, but that should be there too. But like the, the work of Jesus, if you hear a message, man, and Jesus is not talked about, 
man, that is not the word, right? That is not the gospel, right? That is not the word rightly preached. Everything centers on Jesus, right? The word and the sacraments, both baptism and communion, both focus on Jesus, his death on a cross, his resurrection, his covering of sin, our only salvation, well said, Pastor Jeff. I think I have nothing you to add think to that. I believe in that a lot. <laughs> I am convicted. I'm, I'm there. Amen. I'm going to take an offering. All right. <laughs> well, well said, Pastor Jeff. And uh, with that, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the Generation Church podcast. Uh, please remember, every Tuesday, we release a new episode of the Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude podcast. So please, give it a like, give it a share, and I ask, give us a review. Let us know what you think. And with that, I want to thank you, and God bless. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.